in a world filled with intergalactic space battles. Metahuman destruction on a global scale. And psychopathic serial hauntings. There's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. You know, I think way too much about different reactions I can have to the explosion. Now. <laughs> we've we've officially reacted fifty seven different times. <laughs> that same. We've had a lot of the same, like wow. Like now yeah. we're we're just trying to tone it down a little bit. That's I all feel, we're doing. I feel like I feel like I should make a compilation video of all of the uh, reactions that we've had. It'll be <laughs> almost exactly the same every one of them. But slight nuances. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Hey, everybody, I am Loop, and I'm Larry. And this is Guardians of Geek, episode 57. 57. And today we're going to be talking about Clue a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, right now, let's just jump right into it, Larry. How are things going? What's What's been going on with you? Well, it's, I mean, it's a busy time of year, but yeah. it's also been a great time for pop culture. Uh, I, I, I just have to, so th- this past weekend, uh, uh, I did a little thing. Uh, oh, do you want to go right into pop, top pop? Do you want to do that? Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I was just asking how your day was, but you're oh, jumping right hey, into it. Let's, let's day's go. fine. You, you made an right. opener. We might as well use it. Let's just, oh, let's, just right. go, let's go to that right now. Here's Top Pop. Hey kids, it's time for Luke and Larry's totally tubular Top Now, now you've sped that along. Let's <laughs> we'll jump right into top pop right now. <laughs> My day's not very exciting. I didn't need to talk about that. I'm surprised you didn't jump right to Clue, like right off the top. <laughs> I was actually going to start talking about episode 58. <laughs> You're just right into it. You're like way yeah. beyond what we're talking about. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> All right. Woo! So we are- <laughs> So it's been it's been it's been busy. That's what we're yeah. just, that's the basis of this. So we're close. Yeah. We're uh, taping this close to the end of November, and it's almost December yes. already. This year yes. has flown by. So twenty twenty two. It's only like whatever. I think at this time, like thirty six days till like till twenty twenty three. I don't, like, even, cr- I don't even understand. I, yeah, like, I don't know. I my don't sense know. of timing is is out the window. I have no sense of timing anymore after the two year pandemic. I I couldn't <laughs> tell you what day of the week it is. I can't tell you if it's morning or night. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you never really know. That's the problem. No, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, so this past weekend, let's jump. All in right. There. 
So, <laughs> so this past weekend, I did a little thing just on my own. I just thought this will be a fun thing to do. There was in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, there yeah. was a small co Comic-Con. It was the first year for it. It's called It was called RetroCon. And the reason that it got me ex excited and why I wanted to go was because this was a very niche Comic-Con. It was okay. literally only about Star Wars, the 50th anniversary of Atari, and Di and Disney. <laughs> that is a weird combo. <laughs> it is a really strange combination, but it turns out that those are like three of my all-time favorite things. Yeah, they are too. Like, like for my whole life. So how could I not go to this thing? So I... <laughs> I planned and I like worked things out so I could get all the autographs I wanted. So they didn't have a big roster of, of celebrities there, but the celebrities that they had were like top notch in my, in my opinion. So from star Wars, they had Angus McGinnis who was John Dutch Vander, also known as gold leader yeah. who, uh, who flew the Y wing had lead, led the Y wing uh, squadron uh, in a new hope. And then again, in Rogue One, remember they reused his uh, footage. Oh, right, yeah, in, you're right. From, from A New Hope in in Rogue One, so that was really exciting because uh, Y wings are have always been one of my favorite ships. So it was really exciting that he was there. Um, Garrick Hagen, who played Biggs Darklighter, yep, Luke's friend, and he was uh, one of the uh, red red squadron who also died they both of these guys died in like explosions in the, in the movie Did you do one of those things where they're like and they show yes. the fire coming at them fire, they got they both got Done. to do that pretty cool i think but anyway so yeah big dark lighter was there um and then the other star wars uh uh, uh celebrity that they had was roger christian who is the oscar-winning set director of a new hope so That's this cool. guy this guy literally single-handedly built uh, like conceived of and built uh, Luke's lightsaber. He built uh, Han Solo's blaster. He built R2-D2. Um, oh, wow. He literally built all the weapons, the Stormtroopers blasters, all of the weapons. Um, he created the entire interior of the Millennium Falcon. Like this guy, like literally the look of Star Wars is like um, completely because of the creativity of Roger Christian. So That's awesome. It was it was pretty exciting to uh, to meet the the guy who made Star Wars look the way it looks. Um, <laughs> and the the one thing I got to ask him, uh, which is something that I've always you know. Oh no. <laughs> so when you say when you say that, I know you've been you're something you were thinking about for like a long time. A long and, time. And it's, and it's gonna be embarrassing. So go yeah, on. Well, yeah. it, you know maybe. So. <laughs> So because he made all the props, I have one prop in Star Wars that I is my literally my favorite prop, and it's the stupidest thing, but I've always kind of wanted to know what it was made out of. <laughs> so okay. it's the bar that Han, Luke, and Leia use in the trash compactor to to prevent the walls from closing. Oh, like to stop the walls from closing. Yeah, in. remember yeah. it's like this big tube thing. But my whole life. I thought that this tube was hilarious because it looks like it's wrapped in bubble wrap and corrugated cardboard. It, does, it, looks, it totally does, yeah. It looks so cheap, but I just, so I've always been kind of obsessed with this. And um, then they reused it in the new trilogy. It made appear an appearance again a couple of times. And I thought that was so cool because now it's like a thing that this- It's this canon. Pop, it is. <laughs> So I had to ask him about that. And I, I said, was it, was it bubble wrap? And he looked at me and said, no. 
it was not. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. He was actually a really nice guy, but no, he, he told me a little bit about, he used a lot of um, uh, airplane parts like that, that he found at scrap yards and stuff to put things together. But anyway, oh, that's cool. So that's part of what that was. But, uh, but it was just so cool to, uh, to be able to talk to him and ask him finally, after, you know, 45 years of, of being curious about this prop, being able to ask the guy who made it yeah. what, what it was. So what was it made out of again? Just our airplane parts? Well, or just... a, well yeah, it was, it was a, it was a tube, like a, a PVC pipe. And okay. the bubble stuff around it was actually something out of an airplane. Um, okay. Like it was an airplane part that, that he had wrapped. It was metal. I thought it was bubble wrap because it looks like bubble it does. Wrap. But he said, no, it was metal because this pipe was so long that it would collapse in the middle. It wouldn't stay um, together. So he had to wrap it in something solid, but it still wouldn't stay together. So Han, um, Harrison Ford actually agreed to, like like hold this thing in a certain way so it made it look like it was a solid pipe because if he had like let it go it would have just like fallen and yeah so it was two separate pieces it was yeah okay exactly so that he had to hold together so no it was all metal the whole thing was was made of metal it just was it just looked like corrugated cardboard and and uh bubble wrap <laughs> <to me. laughs> so now that's been dashed <laughs> but um but that so that was exciting. The guy that they had from Atari, his name is uh, Warren Robinette. Um, and if you're if you're an Atari fan, he's the one who created um, the video game Adventure, which okay. uh, I used to play constantly when I was a kid. And it was it's literally the it was the world's first um, action adventure game, like role playing game um, that you had to find objects and open. Uh, like find keys, open doors, find a chalice, fight dragons. It was it was the coolest game. But it um, it was also the very first game that ever had uh, an Easter egg in it because um, Atari at the time never acknowledged the, the developers. They refused to publicly acknowledge who developed each game, which so, is weird. Yeah, which is really weird, and it ultimately led to the downfall of Atari. But he this this guy Warren. He, he was so upset by this that he created in one of he created a separate room in the game that you had to find by finding a, a tiny little dot that was like one pixel big and do a bunch of different things and you could make it to this extra room and if you got into this room there was his name flashed in the center of the room that's and it said created by Warren Robinette so you, he, he put his own name in the game that's awesome yeah, and nobody had ever done that before. And one of the executives at, at uh, Atari said, that's kind of like, you know, at Easter when you're looking for eggs under a bush, it's kind of like finding Easter eggs when you've found this thing. So that's literally where the term came from was because the, Warren Robinette had put this thing in there. So he his game coined the term Easter egg. And after that, because it became so popular, uh, other video games started hiding things in their game as well. So this guy not only created the first action adventure game which led to like legends of zelda and final fantasy and all of those games but he also was the originator of the easter egg <laughs> that's awesome that's really that cool. cool it was really cool, cool to meet him um and then finally the disney guy that they had there his name was bob Gurr, and he worked he's 91 years old worked literally side by side with walt disney and he created every single ride or, or parts of every single ride at Disney. Uh, oh, wow. 
he had a hand in the haunted mansion and the monorail everything so he like he, without this guy there would there would have been no disney disneyland um so it, it was pretty cool to talk to him about how how this all came together so it was just it was just an overwhelming experience. <laughs> well, we had, we had a lot of fun with it because when you see the pictures that I that you'll that if you're watching the YouTube part, um, you'll see the photos of these people. And I, I literally thought you were at an old age home. <laughs> <laughs> all- it, it just happened like they were all like like yeah. seniors, right? Like, and it's like, but, of course, because because Star Wars came out in '77, so of course yeah. they would be. And, yeah. uh, and, and but I was just and, laughing because I was like, who are all these like older I, I, people that you're standing with? Because they didn't recognize any of them either. Because I don't no. know what they look like. So it was like, no, you wouldn't know any. You wouldn't recognize any of these people. But that's who they were. But the, yeah, it looked like kind of an old age home. <laughs> but I was like, was... wondering if you got like you got at the concession so a hot dog and some rice pudding. Yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> we all, we all, all, of all us you can eat perch from... night at the yeah. <laughs> all of us liver and onions afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that does look cool that looked really awesome though that looked yeah. really fun so it was a pretty it was a pretty exciting thing i'll just have one thing to show here i don't know if it's gonna show up but this is the oh it's, you, I have don't, to put it, you have to put it closer to you go. this there is the go. poster yeah that they created can you i don't know if this is gonna no, let's go it is like 100 percent gone oh there, there it is go. i see it yeah uh, if this is the poster that they created for the show yeah there, we oh, go. there you go there you there go it is. uh yeah. and so I decided to have the poster sign so you can see Biggs and uh, Gold Leader and there's more stuff down here, but it seems to be disappearing. Oh, that's cool people, though. They, yeah, they all autographed the uh, the the poster. There you go. Now you can see it. Oh, that's all, cool. All all of them autographed this poster for me, which was a really cool thing. It's it's something that uh, a lot of Comic Cons don't do is create a like a, a cool looking poster for their event. Yeah, because I can only because th- I don't even know. I think Fan Expo kind of no, they don't have an official poster. They just have like they have a T shirts and a logo. They have like t-shirts. It, I think this year they may have had a poster, but it was just yeah, I can't remember. Like, like, I know that when we go to Shock Stock, they usually do some sort of like cool poster because yes. they have a cool one this year. Actually, that it looks pretty neat. Yeah, so. and so um, I've decided that the poster is actually a great thing to have signed. Because yeah that's wild that looks really good you know then you've got all the signatures on one poster you put the poster up boom you're done <laughs> you're all done <laughs> yeah that was my revelation from RetroCon. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. well I've, I've gotten myself into a little project that and i want to hear about this. this is i know nothing about this and, so. and this is and this is con related too oh, so, okay so i've over the years like you and i've been to a lot of cons and we've done a lot of photos with people and stuff like that but i've never like there my photos are literally everywhere in the house like i've never collected all my photos together so i started like a book which basically is like you won't probably see this but it's got like all the photos and everything but what i also did was we also do a lot of table photos so i've been printing them out as well so i've printed out there we are there little little, oh look at us that was from our our first comic-con in 2004 it was yep yeah with richard krauss who's like a (laughs) He's a reviewer here in Canada. So I've, I've been printing out all the, like finding them in the, and then printing on all the eight by tens of those as well. Awesome. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. Like it, it's like, and you, cause you forget all the people that you've met, yes. even like, 
because some were just brief at a table or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot I met this person and this person. And like, when we first started going to cons, they didn't have the professional photos for the first, like probably three or four years we were there. Because the first one I ever got was with uh, Lando Carissian. That was the first one like I ever did. And then, uh, but after that, it was just all table sh- or before that it was just all table shots. So there was a lot and like, I'm it, like, I, I've only done one round of table shots, like, cause they're, you know, five bucks a shot or whatever. So I did the first round to see how they'd turn out. And now I'm working on a second like round of them and then I'll do a third round, which should hopefully finish off all the rest. But it's that's uh, awesome. But it that's good. When you, when you take the, take them at the table on your phone, they just sit on your phone forever. Like they don't, we you yeah. don't printing them off. I, that's so awesome. I, one of my books is like a wrestling book. So oh, nice. there, there's Kevin Nash down there. I don't know why yeah. this does not like photos. For there we go. And there's the Iron <laughs> Sheik, the Iron Sheik. And, and Honky Tonk Man. So <laughs> I, 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 but it's like really cool. Like, is I like you, because you forget you've taken all these photos when you start yeah. going through them. I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot I took this photo or this photo. It's like, so it yeah. just sort of finishes up the book nicely. Like, so I'll just keep doing them. I got what I've got. I'm waiting for a set of, like 22 shots and then i've got another like i have enough probably for another like probably 20 or 20 shots or whatever awesome. like that's but, so great and then going forward you just print them off and then i'll put them in the book and then i'll yeah. just keep going with it but it was like i don't know why i thought of it but i was just like i, I was thinking of all the photos i've taken with celebrities that have like never never see the light of day like oh. and i didn't know what to do with all these other photos because i've never done anything with them they're literally I, there's some i can't even find like they're probably in a folder somewhere but i can't <laughs> find them like like michael j fox from a couple of years ago and oh. travolta i have those somewhere i can't find them anywhere in the house like oh. i don't know i like torn the house apart but i could actually reprint them because i have yeah, you the originals the dig- you've got yeah, the digital dig- yeah yeah so that's great that's a good anyway. project that's, That's a little a project, a little geeky project I'm working yep. on right now. And then awesome. uh, maybe I'll do some stickers on there and, you know, some <laughs> glitter, some glitter. I don't know. You oh, never know what I'm going to awesome. do. With, we'll with we'll call it scrapbooking. You're going to scrapbook. Yeah, this a little scrapbooking, a geeky yeah. scrap, scrapbooking going on. <laughs> geeky scrapbooking. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Black Panther. We haven't talked about this yes. yet. It came out, uh, the newest Marvel movie. And I loved it. Like, I, I would, we won't go through all the hits and misses and ever, whatever, but just my general thoughts. It was, I thought it was fantastic. It's yeah. what a Marvel movie should be. It really differentiates itself from the show, like yeah. the, the shows they have. Yeah. Um, it felt like an actual, like, full, like, cinematic movie, right? So, um, yeah. I just, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved what they did with Namor. I loved, like, the whole thing. I, I totally agree. I thought, I thought it was. I thought it was perfect. Like it, for to me, it felt like. I mean, we've had, um, what are we? Phase six now. What are we in? Phase. Oh God, I don't even know. I think I think they're just fishing phase phase five. I think that was. Yeah. I so think Guardians of the Galaxy, the Christmas special, which I haven't watched yet, is the end of phase five, I believe. Okay, so yeah, so we, but we've had, you know, we've had um, the new Doctor Strange and a couple other movies that have come out recently. In this phase, yeah. This that this Black Panther movie felt to me more like. The original stuff, like the the very like the early uh, Marvel, like it it had a lot more heart. It had a lot more like sort of you really got connected to the characters. Um, the story was so strong, like you it was emotional. It was exciting. It was the yeah. pacing. Was it just, it felt like what Marvel was like in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I just I, I thought it was great. I think they just needed to do a movie that has like like some stakes but not like huge huge stakes but yeah. um but it felt like a cinematic movie and this one was so well directed um and it was so emotional and it was just like it had all the the right parts and the thing was like 
before when you're like, oh my God, how are they going to do this without, you know, Chadwick Boseman, like without him being around? Um, The thing is they created so many strong secondary characters who are like basically primary characters, right? In in the first one as well, that you you forgot all these great characters they'd already created that can carry the series without, without him. And it was, it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. And it, and what they did with Chadwick Boseman, like the whole movie essentially is like a tribute to him. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't over the top like it, no. it it felt organic like it it all felt real like it felt like that's how these people would be dealing with his law his his law like losing losing the real black panther and, and what i loved about it was the uh it, they didn't lose him till like like you know he wasn't in a big battle they didn't start with a giant no. battle scene and he died it was like he died of something like we would die of, right? Like, is it well, some sort yeah. of disease? They didn't say what it was, but he died of something that's like a disease because in but, real life he died of cancer. So, yeah, the, the fact that they he actually in the movie they said he died of a disease that they, you know, it just got it like they made it real, like they made it that's what really happened. <laughs> yeah, like I just thought that was so smart. They didn't try to, you know, superhero it, like it's, yeah. he was, you know, and, and it also made him more real. Like it's like a superhero who can die of a disease. Like he's not yeah. he wasn't killed by aliens on a different planet or anything like, like yeah. he, you know, he was still a, a human being. Like he was, I just thought that was awesome. That uh, opener. I gotta tell you though, like oh. the opener when they, when they, it was like the Marvel general opener, but it was yeah. all just him. I was oh, like, man. I was out. I was like crying. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take me a lot. I was like, I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, this is so good. So yeah. good. But I love that. And I'm a big fan. Like, I mean, having read the comics for years and years, like of um, like Marvel comics, like Namor is like such a big character, especially in the Fantastic Four and that. And uh, it was, I was wondering, how are they going to do him? Like, and and uh, they did a great job. I was a little worried going in, uh, but they, he's such an odd character. He got like a half dressed man. Like, it's like, yes. how do you make, how do you make him look cool? Basically yeah. like, it's like what, cause, uh, uh, but they did a great job and it looked fantastic. Yeah. So good. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's just so, it's so, 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 so 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 good. I loved it, and I liked how they didn't have any. Um, they only had the one uh, uh, post credit uh, post credit scene. Yes, and it, they didn't like do like a goofy wacky post credit. They kept the yeah. tone. The tone stayed the same for the entire movie, and didn't really include any other like Marvel characters. There was mentions of them, but they yeah. didn't. Re- they didn't really like none of them showed up suddenly or anything no, like. This so. was a pretty small story. Like it was pretty con- pretty contained to Wakanda, um, and it was a pretty small story like it but it was it was perfect like it just it was it was great it was it was one of the better of the marvels and that's oh, for sure yeah no for sure it was that one was spe- right speaking of amazing uh that's i know we've talked about andor but we it's now done and we should like we got to cap we got to cap this because i personally thought andor the series was like one of the best, like it's definitely the best Star Wars series they've done. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how many. It's probably only like three series. I don't even know how many they've done now. It's like this well, is they've like done the third uh, or couple seasons, a couple seasons of Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian and all that. Right, I forgot about all those. Yeah. Uh, and then they had uh, Boba Fett, which was kind of the Mandalorian too. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, uh, but no, it was. It's been. It was awesome. Like it, it, the, the first few a bit of it i wasn't like i didn't like it but i was just i was very confused at what was going on story-wise in it like because it's very political as well in the background so it's like so it's it's not like they don't spell it out for you what's happening you got to really watch the intrigue of what's going on just beyond him like is all the rebellion stuff and who's leading this new rebellion and and who and all that and and, uh so that was cool a lot of it is like how they finance the rebellion (laughs) which is yeah 
I thought was awesome because it's true. Like, how did these, how did they get all the money to get like squadrons of X wings and Y wings yeah. and A wings and all? Where did all this come from? Like, that's what I loved about this show is that, like, it was, it was so grounded. Like, it was, this is, I felt like, here's what I felt like. I felt like this was what it, what it probably what was going on in Germany during World War II when the resistance movement was happening like this is how it would have happened they would have yeah. had like they would have been people who were rich but needed to hide their money so that they could finance like secret organizations that were you know trying to rebel and do like it just felt real like it felt like that's how rebellions actually work um you know it wasn't space wizards who are coming and doing yeah. you know fancy moves this was like real people who were really trying to make a difference but were afraid for their lives like they you know it was it was just it, so it, it, this one was odd too because there was a lot more of that sort of background like here's like someone just going to their nine to five job every day and, yeah. you, and you can see people actually like working and doing doing what they do they're not just walking around the city like in cloaks or whatever like all yes. day like they actually have jobs and they're they're working and they're doing what they have to do to survive in it but you see those little nuances of, of the everyday life of someone on these planets the, yeah. my only complaint was and it was just this is very minor there wasn't a lot of aliens in it like a lot of like other not races really. not yeah. like you know when you go to like Mos Eisley and there's like all these different like they, there wasn't a lot of other it was almost all human Yes. Like in it, which I found a little odd. Even when they went to the prison um, center, there wasn't really yeah. like any like other races and that, which I thought are, are like types of like creatures or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you call them, but um, yeah, no, you're right. I didn't, I didn't really think about that, but now, now that I think back, you're right. It was, it was mostly sort of human type people. <laughs> there was a few here and there, but there wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, but maybe they thought that would take away from the story because yeah. like if like there was somebody like a, a Jar Jar Banks hanging around, you know what I yeah. mean? Like <laughs> it would kind of like ruin it, like the tone of yeah. it. But I love that whole, I didn't understand quite why he, the part of him getting arrested was in it, but I loved that whole, like the look, it almost had like a 2001 yes. sort of look. Like well, it was it, just, that it was inspired by George, George Lucas had created a movie uh, a student oh, from right. THX 1138 that was made into an actual um, yeah. Hollywood movie. And that's where the prison scene came from. So oh, that's cool. It, it looks, that's what THX 1138 looks like. It, okay. That makes hundred percent sense. Whole, then, Cause it was, yeah, the whole movie is based. It was, on, it was just like beautifully like shot and it. Like just, it looked amazing. Like I just love oh, that yeah. whole, whole and, thing. And I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything just in case people haven't watched it to the end yet, but there is a post credit scene uh at the end of the finale that you have to stick around for because yeah no it's it was cool it, it answered some questions yeah it literally <clears throat> made me <clears throat> kind of go yes cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and i just thought that was awesome like that's just, so cool wrapped everything up it was great the only problem now is that i don't think season two comes out to like 2024 or something like that it's Jeez. i think they've just started filming or they're just about to start filming as of the taping of this the thing show. is it's like 2024 but you think like there's going to be another mandalorian season yes. in there and there's going to be so, like yeah, who knows what so right there's yeah so yeah. like there's so many things going on we'll forget about it till and um bad batch another yeah. season of that and i, I think like, the acolyte comes out yeah uh, so the, the meantime yeah it's going to be so much that we're going to kind of forget like forget also it'll be there again so it'll be and, uh, and, and don't forget the new avatar movies coming okay let's move on to um <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a movie I want. I that, that trailer. I didn't want to get into a rant because I'm gonna rant on this in a second. 
but that trailer was before uh black panther and i'm like this looks terrible there's nothing <laughs> about this that looks good like like marvel did like uh, the underwater world so much better that, that's all like then then like the avatar ever could like i don't know it's just so ridiculous but <laughs> And I, there's no way I'm seeing that in the theater. I totally like, said, I totally did that just to set you off. I just wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, now you got me all angry now because of this. All right. all right, let's let's just go. I got to calm down. Let's go to the pop capacitor. Okay, here we go. Why? Welcome back to the Pop Capacitor. This is where we uh, look at a movie, a TV show, a book, a video game, whatever. It's something retro from our childhood, and we see if it still stands up. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the movie Clue. It came out in 1985. And we're doing this one because Glass Onion, um, the uh, the new um, Knives Out movie, is, will be out around the same time you're probably watching this, or this yep. week, I think it comes out, this Friday or Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's a classic whodunit, and then we thought let's do a whodunit movie we remember as kids, and this is like the only one I can remember from a kid yep. as a kid <laughs> is this clue is basically, and because now that whole whodunit sort of there's a revival on that sort of like a lot of the Agatha Christie movies are starting to, or books are starting to be redone yes. in the movies again and things like that, so it's kind of a thing now again. Um, so uh, this movie is based on the board game Clue, which we've all probably played as kids. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, released in 85, directed by Jonathan Lynn. He co-wrote it with John Landis yep. and um, produced by Deborah Hill from Hall- that from Halloween fame. Uh, produced this movie. Yeah. Um, and it had a $15 million budget made just under. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it did like very probably, well. It's probably made its money back now, but yeah, it, it took a long it, time. And then I'll just leave it at this. It did. It's like basically again, like with home video has found a new audience and is, it's kind of become a bit of a cult classic yeah. beyond like the, the, it is done better in, in post than it did when it was actually out. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the hits and misses of this movie and, uh, and we'll just talk about it. And then we'll just tell you if we think it holds up over time. Cause I haven't watched this movie in probably like 20 years, at least, if not yeah. more, like I can't yeah. remember the last time I watched this could have been like 30 years ago. I remember watching as a kid a bunch of times because yeah. we used to have um like first choice and super channel, which were oh, like yes. the HBO at the time, like the movie networks at the time uh, yeah. when we were growing up. And, and like this movie was on one of them and it played like literally every day at some yeah. point during the day like it, this was on so i watched this a lot because star wars they played a lot too and there's some other movies that were on that sort of rotation so yeah. um but uh so i just want to talk a bit uh, for a second before we get into the movie itself and the hits and misses uh did you play clue a lot as a kid well, i did I, I i played it a fair bit like uh, enough that i'm re i was really familiar with all of the characters all of the rooms all of the weaponry <laughs> um but yeah oh absolutely i mean it was it was like a go-to game in our in our house we played it a, a fair bit and i've actually played it with with my son when he was growing up we've played it a couple of times or several times actually so yeah i mean it's it's just it's a timeless classic the, the it, it is good it's one of those games too like uh that's been ruined by having like versions of it yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? it's like, like there's like a harry potter clue like it's like yeah, i it's- like I like just the straight up clue, like just the way it was originally intended. But the, uh, um, so we've got uh, one of the things that I was just looking at some of the things like the, how many of the weapons can you name? 
of the, the six like the six weapons that are like the most famous from that. Um, there's the the rope, the yeah. candlestick, the uh, wrench, the gun, and the knife, and there was something else. What was that's five? What's the other? The classic lead pipe. Oh, the lead pie. Right. Like it's, it's just right. a bit of a classic. Yeah. So and there was there was nine rooms and uh, giving the players 324 different possibilities to solve the crime. You could play this thing almost like every day of the year and have a different a different ending. That's you know brilliant. what I thought about about this game though? I found which was kind of funny was that like as soon as you have enough things eliminated, there it kind of became where everybody knew who did it, where it was, and what was used. Yeah. And so then it was just a matter of whose turn was next. Yes. To basically quickly, solve it. Yeah. How quickly you could get into a room before you could. <laughs> yeah. When she was the roll of the dice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it was yeah, definitely a game of like, of just elimination, right? Like this, like, okay, now yeah. I know this, this combination can't work. So this has to be gone and, and whatever, but so good. Yeah. It's such a good game. such a good game. Uh, so speaking, no surprise. Minute, uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of elimination, I just want to give an update. Um, as of a few years ago, uh, they have officially eliminated Mrs. White. Mrs. White, if you buy the game now, Mrs. White is no longer included. They decided after 70 years, <laughs> they said after 70 years of misbehaving, they decided <laughs> to to take her out. So there's a new a new character. Now I can't remember what her name is, but she's a young character um, and she's taken the place of Mrs. White. So if you play it now, you're not going to, you're not going to play. Mrs. The, Mrs. White's uh, out. She's out. Please. So. Anyway, Madame Beige is in. She's yes. like, <laughs> Madame Beige. <laughs> it doesn't make for a very colorful character, but you know, a lot of layers. You know. Yeah, so dumb. Yeah, so let's go. Let's start our hits and misses, and uh, we'll uh, just kind of pepper them in as we go. So, uh, what, what's one of your hits? Okay, Wait, um, we'll probably have a lot of the same hits. I'm assuming, but like, I feel I feel like we're. Um, I also need to preface this, and this is going to be shocking. Okay. I have I have no misses. I was I was looking really? high and low. I was I was really wanting to find misses. I literally I couldn't write anything down. So I mean when you if you have some, I might agree. I've with got them. 76 misses, so get wow. ready. <laughs> I have I have I I couldn't come up with any. I just I I've got I, two. I've got two. I misses. love this movie. I love this movie. So okay, so let's start we'll start start off with my my first hit. My very first hit is Tim Curry. Oh, I for sure, for sure. Tim Curry fan. I will watch Tim Curry in anything he does. I just think he is so funny and his sense of timing is so good and he's just his facial expressions he's just so like animated and he was like I don't think this movie would have worked without him. Uh, no. Because he was he speaks really quickly and he's but he's very formal and he just he just is just so brilliant. Um, now, having said that, I have a little fun fact. Um, uh, he was not the first choice to play Wadsworth. Wadsworth is the is the butler. The butler. Uh, no, the very first choice um, was uh, a, a man named Leonard Rossier. Um, but I, and I don't really know who he is. But he he actually died before the filming commenced, so so he couldn't go in there. The second choice. Wonder who killed him. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play and find out. Well, it wouldn't have been Mrs. Beige, Madame Beige. <laughs> Madame Beige, come on, get it right. <laughs> um, second choice was Rowan Atkinson. Oh, okay, Mr. Bean. 
So they they actually wanted Mr. Bean or Rowan. He wasn't Mr. Bean at the time, but they wanted Rowan Atkinson as this. But they decided that he wasn't sufficiently well known enough. They wanted a well known actor, but people in the United States didn't know him. So that's the only reason he didn't get the job. But that's who they wanted. Tim Curry was their third choice. Oh wow! To play the role, um, and quite honestly, I just I I don't think this movie would have been nearly as strong without him. So he is my okay. very first hit. oh my one of my hits and i'll just before i go on i just want to mention that this if you haven't seen the movie it's like six people get invited to a mansion and the host dies and then they're trying to figure out who did it and there's a whole bunch of like zaniness but um the uh my i'll just jump on your hit for a second which was the entire cast i thought this was like such a cool like it's almost like when when you have like a super group band put together that's what this feels like it's like everybody in it is like really good at what they do and there's just like like Michael McKeon, like I love him and he's in it. And it's just there's so Madeline, many great like Christopher Madeline Lloyd. Khan? Yeah, Battle and Khan. Oh yeah. It's like absolutely like um who's the other guy that was in it that I really like? Martin Mall. Martin Mall. Yeah. I, I had actually totally forgotten that Christopher Lloyd was in it. When the opening credits came and his name came up, I was like, What? He Christopher <laughs> Lloyd was in this thing? I had no memory of that at all. So yeah, it it is literally a like an A-lister. Uh, movie for the you know so comedy, good. comedy giants of the eighties. Yeah, they they all have good comedy chops, as we like to oh, say. They're all like the timing me. and everything was like was was really good in this. It's like this is so good. Yeah. Um, I, another hit I have. Oh, and I can't even forget um Howard Hessman. Oh yes, as as like from WKRP, like as like the, as the cop that just shows up at the end. Like he's yes. not even in it any other time. He just like no. the, pops in at the end, but it's a good little cameo. That I loved and, in it, and the the interesting thing about that is he did that uncredited. He's not in the credits. Yeah, um, he's not even listed. If you go to IMDb, he's not like Clue on IMDb. <clears throat> he's not listed there either. Like he's totally uncredited. Uh, and I looked. I tried to look it up and find out why he wanted to be uncredited. And there's no definitive answer. Um, it's either it's either because he was just doing it for fun uh, yeah. and didn't need the credit, um, or. Uh, or there was and now I can't remember what the other issue. I wonder was. if if like if someone saw he was in it, they'd be like, okay, he's he has something to do with the murder, or he like they yes. you know what I mean? They might try to factor him into it, even though he's not like that's, hasn't been seen yet. But yeah, that's what it was. That was what that's what um, a, a lot of people thought is that they kept him his name out, so it was a big like the big reveal at the end, like a big shock. Oh, it's Howard! It's Dr. Johnny Fever's in this movie. Like, <laughs> you know I mean, like people who went to the theater would have been surprised to see that he was there. So, Venus Flytrap did it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, killed him with, with a record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with some vinyl. Um, <laughs> another one of the hits I had, uh, actually, I'm going to do, do a miss, just because no, you I, don't have any misses. I'm just going to break this up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I found the plot and the buildup of the characters at the beginning really confusing. Like, I, I, there was a point where I'm like, I don't know what's going on in this. Like, I don't know who's, <laughs> who's who and why. Because, like, you know, they try to throw out all the information of, like the connection, it, it reminded me of a murder yes. mystery, is what it reminded me of. If you went yeah. to a murder mystery, so you're like trying to throw party. all these little, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. trying to you're trying to get all these clues of if the relationship of this character to all the other characters or yes. or to the host. And uh, I just thought it was like so much. Everything was said so fast, like the pacing yeah. was so fast. I I missed a lot of it, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know who's who and like what's going on. And so that yeah. I found that just they could have slowed it down just a tad. I thought like the, the pacing of that, like at least of the information that we need to know to help try to, because part of this is the fun of it is as a viewers, we're trying to solve it along with them. 
Yes. And when you and when when you can't because you don't know what like what's the relationship between these two again? It, it just makes yeah. it a little more difficult. Yeah, I can see that because um, actually it's interesting that you say that because one of my hits was that they jumped right into it. Like they just layer. There was like very little setup, like, just like you were yeah. saying. Like, but I could see how that could be a problem too. Because yeah, I think I, li- I like that. I like that they jumped yeah. into it. I just it's just, just like the the, right into it. the dialogue between them. I, I was missing like little pieces of info, like, yeah. and I kind of figured it out a little later on. I'm like, okay, I see kind of where that where that is. But um, so that was definitely one of my misses for that. Yeah, they did that. I could, I, I, I can agree with that now. I see that that could be a miss, but I did like that they just jumped right into it. Like they just, yeah. There's no like the pacing was great. I thought it just was like from the first minute to the last minute, it was just go, go, go. <laughs> no, no, for sure, uh, it was. Like... Yeah. So, uh, one of my hits is the comedy. I the comedy is I just like their gags, and the the timing was. I thought was hilarious. I, I it's been a long time since I've literally laughed out loud in a yeah. movie and, and an older movie. This is also a miss for me, by the way, too. So oh, it's, okay. it's a hit and miss, but go on. Okay. I just I laughed a lot, like actually like giggled out loud. <laughs> yeah, no, there's <laughs> a good there's a good lines in it for sure. Because I just thought, I mean, for for example, and it's just I mean a lot of it's dated. It's it wouldn't fly now, but like right off the top, there's this dog poop gag <laughs> where <laughs> Tim Curry like steps on, goes outside, there was a dog, comes back in and smells like dog poop and thinks it's on his shoe. And everybody else who arrives at the <laughs> at the house smells this dog poo but doesn't say anything yeah it's like a little little callback to it It yeah it just made me laugh i just thought it was like classic comedy it was delivered impeccably i just thought it was really funny (laughs) that one was so there there were a lot of uh sight gags and pratfalls and things like that that i just found really funny yeah yeah like i thought that the joke like the jokes were pretty sharp um a lot of them seemed like like very uh like out of a joke book you know what i mean yeah. type of joke like a lot of setup and, and punchline setup punchline um totally. and, and like the, and of course like all the actors are like bang on like they're just their timing is incredible with a lot of the stuff my only miss and this is like nitpicking it i thought it was like some of the jokes were like a little too like it was too many like it was yeah. just like bang 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 like so rapid fire that like you either miss some of them or it was just some of them were not that great <laughs> it's like you know what yeah. i mean but like, but I'd say eighty percent were good. It just there was yeah. that twenty percent that, um, also the the, like the wackiness of it, is it was a little so much at times when everybody's running into a room frantically and yeah, then yeah. like and, and they all bump into each other and yeah. like that kind of stuff. It was just a little bit of like it was almost like everything was played for the sake of some sort of joke, and yeah. it was and it but it just got like almost exhausting after it, a while. It's like okay, it, we yeah. like it, which was fine. It just we just need to slow it down a little bit, like the. Uh, um, and it, what I what I find in these movies that are as kind of missing, which is like in the newer movies, is like that sort of like biting sarcasm that oh, are like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that would be in a newer movie, like where they'd have like the one liners or the like the like that are sort of sarcastic. But they, but it, this was fun. It was fun. Like it yeah. was definitely fun. It I'm is, like nitpicking it, that, but it's like it is a wacky comedy, and the the um the goofiness intensifies the the further into the movie you go. Oh yeah. Like by the yeah. end of it, it is just a free for all. Like it is just like wacky central over here. <laughs> <laughs> like you could easily put the Benny Hill theme, like yakety yes. sacks, over top of this, and it would work perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just 
but I for to me I just it was it was like vintage comedy because yes it, oh no for sure wouldn't work that kind of comedy wouldn't work anymore but with those particular actors like Madeline Kahn and all those I just was like this is this is like golden age of <laughs> of just wacky comedy and it yeah. was just non-stop for an hour and a half and i just it, i it, it, it just tickled my funny boat <laughs> <laughs> never say that again um <laughs> it, 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 I, it was like a farce like if you go see a farce like a, yes. like a play that's what yeah. it played like like a lot of people yeah. coming in and out of different doors and little things happening but it was but i mean i'm nitpicking it it's like for I'd rather see rapid fire comedy than no laughs at all, right? Like exactly. it's like like not everything's gonna stick, but it was. Yeah. I thought it was like they they it was it was funny. Like yeah. I laughed out loud quite a few times in it because it was some of it was pretty good. Like it was it I was really it was well good. done. And it's interesting that you say stage play because that was something I had actually thought about as I was watching it. I thought this could easily have been done in a in a theater, like in as a, yeah. as a stage play. Like it was. I'm I'm I don't know if they ever did. I actually didn't look that up, but it would be very it would be very easy to translate this movie like this entire script onto a stage because yeah. there are only a few rooms that they're operating in. So it'd be easy to trans like, like um, transport, you know, between rooms and it was just all slapstick. And it, it would be, I think it would be hilarious on a stage. If you had the right cast, yeah. it would be like to watch it live and to watch these people, you know, running around and being goofy. I think it would be had a hilarious stage stage play so i i i'm voting for that if anybody's uh, listening <laughs> any big uh, producers yeah. on broadway out there yeah, i, I you know i bet if we looked it up i bet it's like a musical or something it seems like something that would it, be a musical it might be yeah i just i just think it, it totally felt like that to me and i i would pay money to see that <laughs> oh and actually i just looked at my list that was one of my hits <laughs> oh what was it, it felt like a, that would have felt like a stage play <laughs> that, was of, that was one of my hits <laughs> there you go there you go um, I, another one of my hits was that the uh, I love the look and feel of this film. Yes. Like I like the the gothicness of the house. Like the mansion was really cool. The yeah. way they looked, like they just fit into that sort of like that sort of look. But yeah. I remember one thing as a kid that I loved about this movie, and I I still love to this day, is I I love secret passages. Yeah. Like I just I, I can't. And I remember specifically from this movie as a kid seeing these like them going into these secret passages, like you do in Clue into other rooms and i always thought that was like the coolest thing like i thought that was so cool but i i they take that like the the, the feel of clue and, and and they they made it real like it was like the way they did it with the with the pad because when they were doing the secret patches i'm like oh yeah i remember this but then i was also like oh yeah that's in the game too because you can yes. jump from like like you know the conservatory to something or whatever it is so that's right. They that was one thing that this movie did really well is that they nailed the board game. Like everything in this movie, <clears> or <throat> everything in the board game is in this movie. Like the conservatory looked like the conservatory on the on the board that you're playing, and yep. the library looked like the library. Like, and these passages and all it just they they nailed the game. Like it just it was incredible how they got all the little details from the game and made them real. But yeah, so those passages were perfect because they they had to be in there because that's what's on the board. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the thing is, sometimes if they do something from a board game or from certain source material, you feel like you have to jam all this stuff in. And it doesn't make sense, but in this movie, it all made sense. Like it, yes. like what they were using and what was going on, I thought was really uh like they did a good job at making it all seem to fit and make sense in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another one of my hits was that I love the fact that it happens virtually in real time. So yeah. it's it, it like they they actually 
talk about, you know, the police are going to show up in 39 minutes. So we have to hurry and figure this thing out. And then a little while later, they say the police are going to get here in 15 minutes. So we need to hurry up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's almost bang on. Like it's, it's, it, the whole thing literally is like 90 minutes of these people's lives. <laughs> it's like an episode of 24. Like there's yes. counting the clock down the corner. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what it was. There were no flashbacks or anything like that. I mean, it was, it was real time like these. So I think that is part of what made the pacing so good is that they literally had a, like a deadline. Like they yeah. knew that, you know, so they had to move fast. They had to. So that's what the, why the goofiness and the wackiness worked for me, because they were just so frantic and, you know, having to trying get to get done. trying to get it all done. Yeah, I just I thought that was cool. Just knowing in real time, you could there was a little bit of like tension there because yep. they were like oh my gosh like you hurry up <laughs> so good i that one thing i loved in this and it was like and i don't know how many movies have ever done this it was the alternate endings right so I, there's like three there's three alternate endings to this yeah. movie yeah. and uh like the version i saw i don't know I, I read that they were each time you saw it, it was a different ending well they, they in, were, in theatrically Yes, they well they what they did was they created these three endings and they only sent one ending to each theater. So it depended on the theater that you went to see. So uh went went to see it in apparently. So you'd see it in in like the downtown theater and it would be one ending. If you go to like the the suburbs and saw it in the theater, it would be a different ending. So that's how they did it originally. But then when they released it on home video, um they um tagged all three endings onto the movie itself. Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and sort of and put a card up between them that said, and this is it could have happened that way, but maybe it was this. And then they yeah. showed that ending. And then the last one it's that said, you know, it could have happened like that, but this is actually what happened. And then they show you the last one. Um yeah. and the last one is apparently the real one. But uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else, any other movie that's ever done that. But yeah, and it's it's a cool I I mean it, it was a cool idea because really when you play the game, there's again like whatever like 200 or 300 combinations of like of things that could happen and uh they they at least gave us three possibilities of exactly. things that could, that could go and well that's how the board game worked there are like you said 300 and what 24 different possibilities so it it would it would have it makes sense that this movie had to have several different possibilities yeah you know that, that all made sense however here's a fun fact oh there, fun was, fact. Actually, there was actually a fourth ending okay that they didn't put in the movie because they it they didn't the the director didn't think it quite worked. But um, not long afterwards, there was a, a a storybook for kids that came out called Clue the Storybook. It was a tie-in book tie, tied into the movie. Um, and in that book, they actually included the 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 fourth ending. So do you want to hear it? Yep. Okay. So in that ending, Wadsworth, the the Tim Butler, Curry, yeah, committed all the murders. Uh, he was motivated by his desire for perfection. Having failed to be either the perfect husband or the perfect butler, he decided to be the perfect murderer instead. <laughs> Wadsworth, Wadsworth reports that he poisoned the champagne the guests drank so they would all die soon, leaving no witnesses. The police and the FBI arrive and Wadsworth is arrested. He breaks free and steals a police car, but his, escaped, his, his escape is thwarted when three police dogs lunge from the back seat. <laughs> and that's it's a little dark <laughs> it's kind of dark yeah <laughs> so that would have been the fourth ending is that wadsworth did all of it <laughs> oh that's funny that's that's yeah. cool but i think three was good i think three yeah three was, was good i, I it was just kind of neat to see like the different like 
I mean, not did they all make sense? I don't know, but they were they, but they're all I mean, fun. Like they're all fun yeah. endings. I mean, and, then, and that's where Howard Hassman would come in as a cop each yes. time and, and arrest whoever it was. And then like, but it was funny to see him keep coming in as the cop again for the yeah. next one, arresting somebody totally different. Like, I love that. Yeah, it was just, it was so creative. It was so like, when you look at a game like that, a, game, a board game like that, and you think, how could you possibly put this thing together? They did it. Like they, 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 yeah. they nailed, that's how the game works. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a couple of extra fun facts. That's that's hero. I gotta we can't right, go, go. We can't finish the show without some fun facts. No, you can't. So here's a good one. Carrie Fisher was contracted to play Miss Scarlet. So really? she was originally gonna be Miss Scarlet, but she withdrew uh to enter treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't really pay off. That was 1986, so she was really hitting it hard back then, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so that was that was an interesting thing. Going back to the mansion, we all like the look of the mansion. The the look that was one of my hits too was the look of the of the sets and the and the mansion and all of that. The yeah. to decorate the interior sets, they used authentic 18th and 19th century furnishings that were rented from a private collector, including from the estate of Theodore Roosevelt. So oh, wow! So some of the furniture in there actually belonged to Theodore Roosevelt. Um, after they after they completed the movie, the set was bought. The whole set was bought by the producers of Dynasty and it was used as the fictional hotel the Carlton. So if you oh, watch okay. that show you'll see you'll see the entire set of Clue in as a hotel in that movie. Oh, that's interesting. Which I thought was kind of cool. Um uh Madeline Kahn has Madeline Kahn, I, I love Madeline Kahn. I just think she's yeah. awesome. She has one of the funnier moments in the, in the movie. Um and I've actually seen t-shirts made of this when she's talking about um, the flame, there are flames coming. She's angry and there are, there are flames coming out. And the flames are, they're, they're hot and the flames are, it's just so like such a random thing. It, that whole scene was improvised. She didn't even have lines for that. So, which is why it sounds so um, like sounds so improvised. Because yeah. Yeah. She totally, she totally made it up and she went along, which I, which I That's thought awesome. was funny. Um, and finally a remake of Clue has been in the works since 2011. They've been trying to remake. I was going to say, like, when are they going to? Like, this seems like a, a perfect movie to redo. Yep. Well, it's still happening. And uh, how's Seth Rogen going to be involved in it? I know. <laughs> this seems well, like a total Seth Rogen like sort of thing. Like, you're close, except it's Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Ryan, yeah. I'm Ryan pretty close. Reynolds yeah. Is, yep. But um, just this past August, they were still doing rewrites on the script. So oh. it's still out there. Like it's, it's still a thing. It's still coming. So, yeah. just, you know, but I feel like because we had, like you had mentioned at the beginning with, with uh, the knives out sequel and all the uh, Agatha Christie movies uh, coming out, the, you know, um, uh, death on the Nile and all of those movies. Yeah. Murder so on the Orient Express. Yeah. Myrtle, yeah. This would be the perfect time to re-release Clue. And I feel like that they, I feel like they probably will. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or two we saw, we saw this movie come out. Yeah, I would assume they do a, a brand new script because you can't just like recreate with like you couldn't. That's like magic in a bottle. This movie yeah. you couldn't re recreate it based on what they're, what they're doing. But uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's that's cool. So I mean, obviously, I based on her hits and misses, like I'm like nitpicking little things, but yeah. um, the uh, it it held up for sure. Like oh. I. And now I feel bad that I haven't watched it a lot over the last like 30 <laughs> years because like, it's actually a really good movie. Like, 
really good. But it's kind of fun that we didn't watch it that much because I didn't remember the endings. Like I didn't. No, remember. I totally forgot. So it was it was kind of like watching it again for the first time. Like it was. I I love the fact that I I didn't remember all the stuff that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And, it was. And, and, oh, we can't forget to mention. There's a really sh- a quick cameo um, by. Oh no, I can't remember her first name. Uh, Weedland. Jane Weedland. Jane Weedland from from the Go Go's. Go Go's <laughs> plays a singing telegram girl who opens the door, sings like two bars of a song, and gets shot. <laughs> and that's yeah, her which whole, is so weird. <laughs> that's her whole. But that was kind of cool, like uh, because I mean the Go Go's were huge in 1985. Yeah. Uh, 86. So it was it would it was kind of cool that that she made an appearance too. Like this was yeah, she would have been probably solo at that point, I would think. Oh, I think yeah, the Go-Go's, because the Go-Go's were like 82. Like, so yeah. I think she would have been just solo at that point. Like, yeah, she would have, yeah. Rush Hour would have been out that song. With it. Yeah. I know way too much about her. I don't know why. I really just, do. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave yes. it at that. <laughs> we, did, we did have to mention her. You couldn't go through the whole thing without mentioning her. Yeah. That's awesome. But <laughs> yeah, yeah just based on our thing, it, it totally holds up. 100%. I just, I really enjoyed that 90 minutes. That was a good, solid 90 minutes of fun. <laughs> recommended from loop and larry go watch clue again yeah. if you haven't seen it in a long time it's so good it's just so yeah. good but the uh well but anyways based on that i'm gonna head to the conservatory soon so um <laughs> don't forget to take your candlestick <laughs> i got the candlestick ready to go I don't I don't know know so means. if you look at the graphic for this episode uh larry's carrying a candlestick and i'm like who owns a full candlestick <laughs> other than you I'm, I'm like i like i know for a fact i do not have a candlestick in this house <laughs> like a full Loops like Loops like send me a picture and and hold one of the weapons from the, from the show. I'm like I'll do candlestick. I thought for sure you would have done like, either a wrench or a knife. Like those seem to be yeah. like the easiest or the old lead pipe. Like, <laughs> no, and not only that, I had to choose between between two different candlesticks. One of them was a bit too dark; it didn't show up in the picture, so I had to go with the other one. <laughs> and and I, I had to grab. A, I thought I would grab a wrench, and like I've never used a wrench in my nope. entire life. Like mine in the picture, it looks like it's like brand new, like right yeah. off the shelf. I'm, I'm pretty wrench. sure you can still see the uh, price tag on that wrench. <laughs> picture. I don't do things with tools. I don't really have no. a lot of tools. I don't like. I am a tool, but I don't do a lot of things with tools. So I that's a different story. Totally. Yeah, entirely. totally different. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for watching the show uh, or listening to it as well on podcast. Uh, right now you can see all of the uh, the socials and uh, thanks for following us. And we're probably going to get one more episode in by the end of the, the end of the year. I'd say at least one, maybe two. You never know. We get, sometimes we get on a roll and I then know. we don't go out and then we're off a roll. And then we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're all over the place. But I think we're back on the roll again. I think the role, the role is continuing. Because we got to do a couple, we got to do at least one like bad Christmas movie that's oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, we, I gotta, we do have a good Christmas movie coming up, so yeah, we may, yeah. We may be Let's do one about. good, one bad. I think. I think that's like oh, that's uh, a good idea. Or one, or one movie like a, a diehardish that's not really a Christmas movie, like a, like a like a Batman two. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start that debate all over again. That'll be yeah. Great. There we go. Is this a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? Yeah. That's the question. So. Yeah. So thank right. you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Loop and Larry Guardians of Geek. Bye bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. 
my captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Wax off. 